Welcome to College App 101. I'm your host, Dr. Riley. Succeeding in high school is challenging, and applying to college is overwhelming. I hope my comments here ease the tension you may feel. It will benefit you to think like a college admissions counselor. She's the lady who will read your application to Colorado State or UConn. He's the guy who will handle your application to Arizona or UMass. I've worked with many such professionals. They're great people and interested in helping you apply to their school. In a September College App 101 episode, I provided several tips on taking the preliminary SAT, also known as the PSAT. In that episode, I explained the PSAT's connection to arguably the most prestigious academic honor for high school students, National Merit Scholar Status. Seniors attain that status, but the competition occurs during fall of junior year when 11th graders take the PSAT NMSQT. NMSQT stands for National Merit Scholarship Qualifying Test. Today, I'm delighted to have with me a National Merit Scholar called Josue. Josue, welcome to College App 101. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Winning National Merit Scholar status is competitive, with winners scoring in the 99th percentile rank. Josue, you did that. Congratulations again. Let's start with you identifying the school year you competed for a National Merit Scholarship and what you remember about that particular test day. Of course. So I took the the NMSQT in October of 2019, which, as you said, lines up with uh, October of my junior year. So I started competing in 2019, and the award year was 2021. So you start competing two calendar years before um, you expect to receive it. And as far as that particular test day, um, it kind of, a lot of the details kind of escaped me, but I do remember in particular having done a lot of research leading up to that test day, you know, looking at opportunities and different things that the National Merit Scholarship um, could afford you. So I was, I was a little bit nervous, but I guess more than anything, I was excited about the test. So uh, for sure. And then, you know, I remember walking in, uh, I, my proctor was my Bible teacher. And so I remember, you know, you know, walking in and seeing people I knew. So it was all kind of comforting, I guess. You know, I've, I've been, I was fortunate to have a more positive experience on test day. Yeah, yeah. Comfort and um, excitement is, is a great attitude to have on test day. So way, way to go. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's a broad question. Uh, what did you do to prepare for that junior year PSAT? Yes, great question. So I remember, so I, I remember, I, I did say I was, I felt like, peace more than anything on that test day. But I also remember uh, having wished that I'd done a little bit more preparation. Um, I didn't end up preparing as much as I wanted to. But so probably the main thing that I did that helped me the most was uh, looking at a practice exam. So um, I this applies to the SATs as well. Taking a practice exam is the best thing you can do to prepare. I remember, you know, uh, in advance, I was looking at the math section. Uh, the school handed us several you know, practice exams or like packets that had a lot of information about it. So I remember looking through that and going through the math questions and then checking my answers afterwards. And so that was probably a big part of the preparation that I did. And I'm pretty sure I did some Khan Academy before that as well. And that's really great because College Board has a lot of good material there that really reflects what you'll see on the test day. So those are the main things I did to prepare. Yeah, that, that's great. Yeah, so the, the Khan Academy, it's a free resource that um, high school students have. Um, to prepare them specifically for the PSAT, for the SAT. So yeah, no, that's, I'm glad to hear you utilize that stuff. That's great. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, as a senior um, with national merit semifinalist status, because you, you learned that you were a semifinalist beginning of senior year, um, you began to apply to college with that status. 
Uh, what effect did that status have on your college admissions offers, Josue? Yeah, so this is one thing I've actually thought about a lot. I think, uh, so in terms of the selective schools, like, you know, Ivy League schools or, you know, state institutions that have a pretty pretty low acceptance rate relative to other state schools, I think that that's really the the that's really where you'll see the majority of your dividends uh, as far as admissions offers are concerned. Um, And I say that because a lot of the schools that are less selective, um, a lot of times having, you know, a a decent SAT score and really good GPA is really enough to kind of uh, assure admission. So I think that as far as admissions offers are concerned, um, it definitely positively influenced them. But but in terms, I mean, like like I said, when you get to that level with Ivy Leagues and the really selective institutions, they really are, I think they really do tend to be holistic. So I think that semifinalist status will help you, but it's really important to have the other, you know, areas of your application really strong if you're trying to get into, you know, Yale or something like that. But I mean, it, semifinalist status will definitely not hurt you. So I think that it definitely was pretty positive in that respect. Sure, sure. So so you feel like for the less competitive schools, um, it was it was good, but it was really it was sort of that that, that last straw for those more selective schools and helping you get to win admission to those schools. It sounds like for sure that's pretty accurate. <clears throat> and and like you said too, holistic review. That's what those more selective, highly selective schools will utilize when reviewing applicants. And that, of course, semifinalist status would go would go into that. Okay, all right, great. So um, let's take another another question here. The College App One Hundred and One audience includes parents, guardians, and families. What can parents and guardians do to help their student prepare for and perform well on the PSAT? Yeah, that's a really great question. I think the number one thing is to simply make sure that your students are, you know, taking the preparation steps themselves. So uh, I already mentioned taking practice exams. So, and, you know, that's being like, that's pretty much the best way you can prepare for SAT or PSAT. So uh, if that means that you help proctor their own practice exam time, I think that that's really good for students who really need that um, simulation preparation. Um, Or maybe you don't even have to proctor their exam. You can just, you know, hand it to them and make sure that they do it. I think that that's really the, the most you can do uh, or the best thing you can do because really at the end of the day, uh, the more questions they take, the more PSAT questions that they, that they answer, the more test day situations that they encounter, the more likely it is that on test day they'll really, um, you know, pull out um, a really good score. And so I think that's the main thing is making sure they're, they're doing that preparation. And I think, um, you know, uh, another thing besides the practice exams, just checking in with your students every day. Um, you know, I think I really do. I'm a firm believer in just a little bit each day. That's how I prepared for the SAT, um, for sure. And it applies to the PSAT as well. Just doing 10 to 15 questions a day, I think is enough, especially if you do it months in advance and that'll really get them familiar with the questions. So making sure they're taking practice exams and checking in with them as far as daily practice is concerned. Okay. That's great. Yeah. So just the daily check-in, um, is helpful then also, you know, maybe once, maybe twice before the actual exam, encouraging their student to sit down and take that full-blown practice exam, it sounds like, right? Yes, for sure. And I'll add one, uh, one other thing uh, with respect to that. So I think uh, as far as test materials to practice with, uh, Khan Academy is, is what I used. And that's really great because they, you know, they're contracted with College Board. So you're, re- you're really sure that the material you're getting is stuff that you'll see on the PSAT. And there are a lot of third-party uh, companies, corporations out there that give test material. And I don't see a problem with those, but um, just uh, as, as a parent and guardian, um, just make sure that, you know, there's, it's like 
uh, similar to the test material. And so I'm not, I don't recall exactly what kind of methods there are to check for that, but that is something to look out for when considering test materials. So I, I just wanted to make sure to say that. And, and, and like you said, though, the Khan Academy, because of the relationship between them and College Board, that's going to be a, a surefire way to prepare. Of course, yes. Okay. Great. Okay. All right. So uh, let's move on to uh, talking about money a little bit here. Uh, what have been the financial dividends of being a national merit scholar, Josue? Yes, the financial dividends have been pretty great. Um, uh, that's, and I'll contrast that. I remember mentioning about the admissions offers. The the effect was like less tangible. As far as finances go, that's the really the main uh, benefit of being a national merit scholar. So, uh, for me, in my case, um, I attend Texas Tech University, and they as of as of today they offer full cost of attendance scholarships for national merit. Um, as, as long as you achieve national merit finalist status, you are guaranteed to have a full cost of attendance scholarship. So um, in my own personal experience, you know, the dividends have been, um, I barely have to pay anything <laughs> for college. So that's, um, it's definitely pretty big. And, you know, uh, there are many other institutions that offer similar scholarships. For example, the University of Alabama I remember doing research, uh, University of Alabama is another notable institution that uh, has a pretty lucrative offer for National Merit Scholars, and you can do your research. There's a lot of websites out there that have lists for, um, you know, National Merit Scholars that have, you know, pretty big scholarships. So definitely that's that's been the biggest thing about being a National Merit Scholar. You can find some colleges will give you anywhere from, you know, $10,000 to, you know, full cost of attendance and plus a stipend. So it really just depends, but for sure it'll, 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 well, the door is wide open as far as finances are concerned. So th- this is huge, right? I mean, you're a junior taking a test. Um, senior year, you find out if you win. And then the next four years, just huge financial dividends coming your way. Um, Josue mentioned a stipend. A stipend is when you get an extra monthly, quarterly allowance, correct? Yes. Um, uh, toward you know the cost of living, cost of attendance, whatever, um, which is a, a tremendous benefit as well. So yeah, so we can see here that there are just colossal dividends, financial dividends here to being a National Merit Scholar. Okay, another question here. So Josue, share some general tips about succeeding academically in high school. You know, you look back on your four years, clearly you were a success. Um, The audience here wants that same thing. What can they do to be successful? Yes. So um, I think there's, there's generally a lot of good advice already out there, I think. And I think that um, it, it gets repeated or rephrased a lot. And so I think when, for some of this advice that I'm going to give, like some, sometimes it can kind of fall on, you know, um, you know, uh, deaf ears or something like that, but definitely I want to reaffirm a few of those things. And I think, uh, number one, like, um, I think that, I think we underestimate the potential that we can achieve, um, just by, um, you know, if we put in the effort, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of doors will open. And so what I mean by that is, you know, sometimes in our circles, it can kind of be looked down on to, you know, put forth your best effort. And sometimes they can say like, oh, you're trying too hard. Or like, you know, why are you like paying so much attention to this or that thing? And I think that um, that kind of an attitude can really hurt you as far as um, your high school achievement. And so what I mean by that is, you know, um, I think that we can look at it less as, you know, you trying too hard and look look at it more like, you know, achieving your full potential. Um, so, you know, and it, how do you do that? Well, it's as simple as, you know, things that you hear every day, right? You know, pay attention in class and do your homework. Those are the big things. Like, that's 80% of the work. If you're doing that, you know, your GPA will almost surely, you know, be, you know, rock solid throughout your high school career. Um, making sure that you're active in class as well. I think that's the other 20%. Making sure you're active and asking questions and understanding the material is probably, you know, one of the best things you can do. 
So I think that, you know, number one, you know, making sure you're putting in the effort. And, you know, like I said, that's paying attention, doing the homework. And then I also think um, something that'll help you get over that hump is uh, my second piece of advice, which is try and be really interested about what you're learning. So that's really easy for some subjects and for some people, right? Some people might be really interested in math. Some people might, you know, that might be the last thing they'd ever want to do in life. But um, it's all about finding connections to things that you're interested about. There's, a, there's always a chance that, you know, the subject you don't like has some kind of relevance to you in like some other kind of aspect. So really being interested in what you're learning, I think that's something that'll help you get through um, doing the homework and paying attention in class for sure. And so I think I think those are the big things um, for, for succeeding academically in high school is just, um, you know, um, like that fervor academically and then also, you know, simply doing, you know, doing, doing your job. I think that'll get you through. That, that's really a great answer, Josue. I appreciate that. So again, <clears throat> what I'm hearing you saying here is don't be shy to work your tail off. Um, you know, be present in class, get that homework done. And then that second point about cultivating intellectual curiosity. So, um, you know, parents and students, you may recall an episode I posted um, in November about developing a love for learning. That's what Hostway is talking about. Hmm. And, and again, whether or not you're going to apply to a, a highly competitive college or not for admission, all colleges, all u- universities want to admit ambitious learners. So all it's really in your best en- interest to cultivate that love for learning, intellectual curiosity, et cetera. Okay, so uh, let's see one last question here, Josue. Uh, you're a few semesters into college now. You mentioned Texas Tech University is your school. Um, what do you wish you knew about college when you were in high school? <clears throat> yeah, that's a really great question. I th- I'll say I'll say first off, like thankfully, I haven't had an experience so far where I've been like, dang, like I really like this is like this is a huge thing or like a big regret that I that I had that I wish I knew. Um, so, you know, I think that, that, um, I think my experience has been very positive so far, but, you know, there are a few things that I've thought about. And, uh, first one that I'll mention is, um, you know, it's going to sound another, it's going to sound like another cliche piece of advice, but it's very, very true. Um, you know, you're in high school right now. Um, you know, no matter if your experience has been mostly positive or negative, there's still, hopefully there's still people in your life that you really love, that you really enjoy being around, whether it's your family or your friends. So definitely one thing I wish I knew um, before I went in is that like you're going to miss them a lot <laughs> going in. So, um, you know, what that means for, for you if you're still in high school or, um, or your children, you know, make sure you really cultivate that, um, you know, uh, living in the moment is really important. And so, you know, I, I find myself a lot of times I ran cross country and track in high school and um, I really miss, you know, running with them and, you know, the things I would give to have, you know, another long run with them, you know, it's, um, you know, I'd, I'd give a lot. And so, Number one, I think, is, you know, really, um, I'd say, cultivate those relationships that you have now. And so, yeah. And so another really big thing um, that does apply. So I remember being, up until my senior year, I was pretty um, unsure, you know, about my career path and even specifically what college I was going to go to. And, you know, I think that I had a lot of nervousness um, that accompanied me, um, you know, as far as making that decision. And I could safely say, uh, you know, having just finished my third semester, like there's not much less uncertainty still, um, you know, in my own like career path. So, um, the, the piece of advice is like, really don't, you can relax, don't freak out. You don't have to have it all figured out. And that's that, you know, um, I think that college, especially the undergrad experience is, um, probably, um, the tool that helps you decide, um, you know, what you want to pursue. 
So assuming that, you know, you, you get ahead in high school and, you know, that's why you've got to take advantage of AP and dual credit if that's available to you. Um, that What that does for you is it affords you more time in college to kind of make that decision about um, what was it? What is it that I really want to be sitting down and doing, you know, for 40 years or however long your professional career lasts? So um, one thing I wish I knew, you know, I wish I knew that, you know, you don't have to have it all figured out right now um, and like still have a lot of room and time to make that decision. So that's pretty much what I'd say. Those are the big things. <clears throat> that, that's, that's great. Um, look, life's about relationships. And I, I, you know what you just said there, Josue, about um, enjoying those relationships in high school, living in the moment. Um, you know, not fretting about tomorrow. That's great, great advice. I'm, I'm so glad that you said that. And also, you're right. Um, it's okay that a high school student doesn't have it figured out yet, you know, that they will do a lot of exploration and so forth when, when they're in college to that. Yeah. And so I think I wanted to add something else, um, you know, while we're on that topic. Sure. Uh, specifically, um, my, my brother, he's uh, he's about to graduate at Texas A&M University. He, he changed his majors, um, you know, in his fifth semester, I believe it was. And so, you know, a lot of times, you know, like switching majors late is like pretty, um, pretty scary, actually, you know, like, am I going to graduate on time and stuff like that? But uh, again, to my point, like, um, he's, he's managed to be able to graduate on time still. And a lot of times, there are people who, you know, depending on your, your undergrad degree, like, um, it really doesn't limit you as far as grad school or professional opportunities. So, um, you know, it, it, being worried about specifically what kind of degree you come out with, in my in my view, is not very is not as important as long as it's something that you um you know you can always do grad school with it there are a lot of other uh, professional opportunities so as far as what that bachelor's degree actually is you know as long as you're doing well in it and as long as you're passionate about it that's really um the career will follow and i think we can worry less about you know am i doing a stem degree or not so that's my view really appreciate this Josue. um your your perspective um you know with a, a few months, years of perspective now on your high school experience. So, so special thanks here to Josue, our National Merit Scholar, for joining College App 101 today. Really, really grateful for your time, Josue. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. If you've enjoyed this and other College App 101 podcasts, please share them through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or my website. Until next time, I'm your pre-college advisor, Dr. Riley. For more information about succeeding in high school, college apps, or to contact me, Visit my website, collegeapp101.com. That's college, C-O-L-L-E-G-E, app, A-P-P, 101.com.